You are listening to the EdTech Takeout from Grantwood AEA, an educational service agency that supports school districts in eastern Iowa with a focus on equity, excellence, and efficiency in education for all children. Welcome to the EdTech Takeout, the podcast that serves up bite-sized technology tips for teachers. My name is Jonathan Wiley, and with me as always is Mindy Carney. At iTech. We are Live at iTech. iTech. Yeah. Take two. Should we talk about that? Well, I don't know. I feel like I should talk about it as a therapy session. I didn't want to bring it up, You Mindy. didn't? Because it was my mistake. These things happen? Yeah. So yesterday, um, we were asked to podcast in the podcast pavilion at iTech live in front of an audience. And first of all, it totally threw me for a loop, podcasting. Because like even right now, I'm looking at Jonathan, which is totally not anything we normally do. We usually um, podcast in two different places. So not only were Jonathan and I face-to-face for the first time ever while podcasting, but we had an audience of people who were also looking at us. And apparently what I did was unplug my microphone and did not realize that I had done that and then realized that after you unplug it, even if you plug it back in, it does not record any longer. So we're doing take two of the iTech Live podcast. Yeah. Maybe we should call this uh, episode Lessons Learned from Podcasting. <laughs> Maybe. We did a session today on podcasting. We did. And we talked about yeah. things to think about and uh, remember, maybe making sure microphones are plugged in. Is, I know uh, we didn't even put that in. We should have have its own slide. Yeah. So iTech is um, a technology conference here in Iowa for educators iTech is an ISTE affiliate. So if you're familiar with the ISTE conference, it's kind of like a mini ISTE for Iowa teachers and anybody in the surrounding area that wants to come to it. So we're here in Des Moines, Iowa, recording live, as they say. And there are lots of interesting people here today, aren't there, Mindy? There are, yeah. We have um, Perneal Rip was here with Chad Kafka. Um, Dr. Bob Dylan was here. Um, and then we have some Iowa featured speakers who, um, Jared Borman and Andrew Fenstermaker and um, Trace Pickering and Mitch, tell me Mitch's last name again. Mitch Dauhauer. Dauhauer. Yeah. And yesterday we had uh, George Kouros. Yes, too. that's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Should so, I forget about George? Yeah, he's kind of unforgettable, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was. He was very good. He had the crowd laughing and crying at the same time, which if you've ever seen George speak is pretty much um, its mantra. That's par for the course it with is. George, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. So he was very good. So we're uh, very much enjoying uh, being here today. There's kind of a podcasting theme at iTech. They're highlighting a number of uh, different podcasts of which they were kind enough to include us mm-hmm. and uh, other podcast hosts that are here include uh, the dads and ed podcast are here so that's josh allen brent catlett and devin Schoening. Mm-hmm. and it's a, an awesome podcast for educators and if you're a dad check it out yeah if you're a mom still check it out <laughs> if you're an educator? Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think we've given them a big enough plug. Yep. Uh, who else is here? The, the Gaff Admin. The Gaff Admin podcast yep. is here. So if you are somebody who works with the Google Apps dashboard, or what I should now call the G Suite the for G Suite. Education dashboard, then uh, the Gaff Admins podcast is a good one to listen to because they get into all the technical nitty-gritty stuff that Mindy and I like to avoid. Right. Not my thing at all. 
No. No. <laughs> Great. But for the people that need it, those are the guys to yeah. talk to. Yeah, they know their stuff, that's for sure. I um, listen to it to like hope by osmosis that I will understand any of the things that they're talking about, but for the most part, no. It's way over my head. Yep. Yep. And they're <laughs> both Iowa-based podcasts, so uh, we like supporting uh, local podcasts. Uh, speaking of which, we have uh, a teacher, actually Gina's husband. Gina Gina's was here last husband. episode, wasn't she? Yes. And her husband works as a journalism teacher at uh, Iowa City High School, and he has some student podcasts, and I believe they might even be podcasting right now. Right now, I think, yeah. yeah. 120, I think they were going to do some live podcasting at the pavilion. Parallel podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, it's good to see... Uh, Examples of student podcasts uh, live in action too. Right. And it's Little Hawk, right? The Little Hawk podcast. Yeah. yeah. We can put a link to those in the show notes. For sure. And let people check that one out. Because we were saying this in our session today that I think if you're wanting to do podcasting with kids, it's, it's just nice to give them examples of what other kids have done so that they um, can appreciate and see what the end goal might look like and have something to aspire towards. Because sometimes showing them some of these adult podcasts is... Uh, sometimes harder for them to associate what theirs might sound like, but mm -hmm. giving them something by kids that have done it at their age level is uh, useful to have. Yeah, and I think it's good to just be realistic about what your podcast might sound like, right? For sure. If you're yeah. podcasting with little kids, it's good to know what other little kids are doing. Yeah, so. not all podcasts are going to be broadcast quality NPR type podcasts, right. and I'll probably include ours in that batch there. But, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> But uh, for everybody else, you know, you can set the bar as high as you want to. Yeah. So do you want to move on to our hot topic? Let's do it. Yeah. So um, the hot topic right now um, is hashtag go open. And we actually had a webinar. Oh, I don't know, like a couple weeks ago, I guess now with Christina Peters, who um, is with the Department of Ed on like a sabbatical of some sort. Right. Isn't that how just for years? So she's working there to kind of get the go open going. And, um, if you don't know what go open is, it's kind of like, a um, it's supported by the department of ed and is kind of like a crowdsourcing of teaching materials that teachers are using, have vetted and want to share with other teachers. Um, I don't know. Anything else you want to say about how's my description? Yeah, I think I like that. I mean, it has to be free, open source and easily gatherable. So, I mean, I think if you think about something like teachers pay teachers, but without the paying part, right? then you get close to what GoOpen could or aspires to be. They want to collect the best lesson resources, planning, um, open textbooks, all that kind of material that teachers could use in the classroom. And it's great to see that that is being backed and funded yeah. at a federal level yeah. that they're trying to get that done. Yeah, and I think it's a big job. I mean, from what it sounded like, um, it's still not quite where they want it yet as far as, um, you know, having the ability to <laughs> take care of um, the filtering and tagging things. And um, from what I understand with Amazon Inspire is that one of the things that they'll do is have teachers kind of rank the lessons. Um, and then I think their idea is more like the cream rises to the crop rises to the crop or to the top Let's say the, the top. cream rises to the top i believe is what the saying is um so that you can kind of look at different lessons that teachers are really vetting and be like oh yeah this is great and um use some of those instead of maybe textbooks which are outdated as soon as they're printed so yeah 
So there's um, there's some big com- big name companies getting in on the act here as well. So there's people like uh, Amazon, Ed Bodo, and uh, Microsoft right. who are also committed to working with this Go Open initiative, and they're all putting together their their own things. We haven't really seen any of those. Christina didn't let us see much of that. Did right, you? they haven't been launched yet. Yeah, they're, right. they're still getting those things together. Right. Um, the Amazon one, we're told, is similar to like Amazon.com, where you would go on and you would search for something. Right. You can tag things by grade level or standards that you're looking for, and it will search and filter through all the resources. So right. kind of like if you've ever used something like Smart Exchange or something like that, I think that's similar to the kind of thing they're going for. Yeah, it'll be great to see it once it's in action. And, um, you know, even as a team, we've kind of talked about putting some stuff together and putting it out there so people can take a look at it too. So that'll be fun. It's kind of a way to stay connected. Um, yeah, I'm just really excited to see what it looks like when they when they get it out there. So Yeah, you may actually even be in a, a state that has uh, signed up to be part of the Go Open initiative. So watch out for this kind of stuff. It is, it is coming. They're trying to make it as visible as they can, um, but it... It needs. It's hard because it needs a lot of cooperation from people. It needs teachers to be willing to take the time to write up these lessons and things like that. But you know, I think the other companies like CK12 textbooks and all those other initiatives. It's that that's going to be step one, and step two is going to be getting the teachers on board to to do their part too. Yeah, because I mean, it's going to take a little bit of extra time for them to have everything put together and get it put in the way it's supposed to be put in. So yeah, I mean, those lesson plans you find on Teacher Pay Teachers, those aren't lesson plans that you would write for yourself if you were teaching that lesson. I mean, that's something that you produce and write up more professionally because it's going to go for an audience. So, um, but yeah, go open. I think it's definitely a very worthwhile thing. It's got uh, great potential, and I guess we uh, wait and see where that one goes. So moving on to the main course, Serve to You Piping Hot. It's Connected Educator Month. It is Connected Educator yes. Month. Yeah. Yeah. October. It kind of crept up on us. I didn't. Yeah. You didn't even know it existed, to be honest. You didn't know it existed? <laughs> I didn't even know it existed. No, is that bad? Probably. Not really. I mean, yeah. it's kind of a, a low-key thing. They try and put on um, different events. If you go to the Connected Educator website, you can see a calendar of events. They have these online opportunities for teachers to get together um, and I think it's kind of fitting that we're here at iTech because it's a great place to come and connect with educators it's one of the best ways or best reasons to come to iTech yeah and it's just so great to actually meet people I mean you see them on your you know within your network your PLN and then to actually get to meet them and talk to them and not necessarily always have to talk shop but actually to build relationships and, and get to know them is important too so um I know uh, when we were at ISTE, I just thought it was amazing to kind of walk around. And um, I'm still kind of new to this game a little bit. So walking around with Jonathan, he was pointing out like Richard Byrne and Vicki Davis. And I'm like, oh, I wouldn't even have recognized him just, you know, if I was just walking by him. But, um, you know, they're always talking to people and chatting. And, and that's what I think is so great about the edu community is just that people are so willing to kind of um, talk with you and share ideas. Yeah, and they are just regular people. I mean, uh, they have rock star reputations, but uh, they'd be more than happy to to talk to you. And the people they're talking to are just people like you and me. And uh, yeah, always good to connect with those people. Yeah, and um, you know, Twitter's been blowing up today, yesterday. I think it was even trending first. 
top of the list it trending. It was top of the list on yeah. the screenshot I saw. Yeah, yeah I know. Sure. I saw it too yesterday. Um, so hashtag iTechIowa so you can still go back and kind of, I should say iTechIA. Um, you can kind of go back and follow some of those tweets. But that's what's so great about Twitter is even if you're not here at the conference, you can follow along and see what other people are learning um, and, you know, thought it was exciting enough that they wanted to share it out too. And, and that's what's great about Twitter is being able to connect with people from all over the world. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's maybe not overstating it to say that I, I think Twitter is the most important social platform for teachers Agreed. to be a part of. Yeah, it's one of those things that you know, this is where the action is. This is where all the best resources are shared. This is where the best conversations are taking place. And no matter what it is you teach or what grade level you teach, you can find a ton of amazing resources on Twitter if you know a little bit about where to look. Right. I mean, all it is is about finding a hashtag that really interests you. And um, that's what I think about, you know, with Facebook and even um, Snapchat, Google Plus, those things you... Well, I guess Google Plus gives you the opportunity to connect with other people. But with Twitter, as long as you know a hashtag that you're interested in, you can connect with people that you don't necessarily follow. And mm -hmm. that's what's so great about it. Where with Facebook, you actually have to seek a certain person out and follow them. Where Twitter gives kind of opens up the world a little bit and lets you follow people that you wouldn't maybe necessarily have come across. Yeah, absolutely does. And um, a great way to you know have some of those conversations is on Twitter chats. And there are tons and tons and tons and tons of twitter chats out there um the website i usually end up telling people to go to is the participate learning twitter chat because they archive a whole lot of those different things on there they um curate them so you can go back and see old chats that are on there and um, also see which ones are coming up for whatever month it is you are having to look for one yeah and it's Neat, too. I think they pull um, some of the links and stuff that people share and, like, pull those over off to the side so you don't necessarily have to go through all of the tweets, um, but you can find the curated resources that are all right there and the links that you can, you know, so you don't have to read each single one to find the, to find the things that were being shared. Yeah. So um, Twitter chat, we didn't really talk about what a Twitter chat is. I mean, we have in the past, but did we want to? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So um, a Twitter chat is, once again, that hashtag, and hashtags help organize tweets. Um, and a Twitter chat is when everyone that wants to be involved in that conversation uses that hashtag at a certain time of the day. So it might be like the Iowa Ed Chat is on Sunday nights at 8 o'clock. And so if you were interested in participating in that chat, you just do a search for the hashtag IAED for Iowa Ed Chat and put that in there and then usually there's a moderator who posts questions like one every 10 minutes or so and um, you just kind of follow along and answer questions if you're not comfortable answering questions yet you can definitely lurk as we say which is totally great um, and just kind of follow along with the conversation and I guarantee you'll learn something even as a lurker um, but the conversations only get better if you get yourself involved as well a lurker a lurker <laughs> lurky lurky yeah okay yeah definitely uh lurk around if you are are interested you can still learn lots of stuff from there um so uh twitter definitely very important one a big one that mindy and i take full use of and uh, try to learn as much as we can from uh what else what else do you use to become a connected educator, Mindy? Um, I am actually, 
not a huge Google Plus user, but I am part of the Seesaw Ambassador community, um, which what I love about that is that um, we kind of share problems that other people are having, um, teachers that we work with, things like that. Um, those questions then are posted, and then we kind of brainstorm different ideas of how to solve that problem, which is great. What I find the most useful about it is I can read those problems and see, and then have kind of a be able to foresee some problems that teachers might come up with and either get ahead of it and show them how to um, do something that will avoid that problem, or I'll have a quick solution um, if that problem ever arises. And so it's really active. I get a ton of notifications every day, but yeah. I always, because I love Seesaw so much, you knew that, right? I, I've heard that once yeah, twice. Right. Yeah, The um, listeners might have heard that once twice, yeah. too. <laughs> um, but it's just nice to kind of be involved with that kind of community. What about you? Well, yes. I mean, Google Plus is kind of like um, it was Google's version of Facebook in some ways. And I don't think it's been as popular as a platform just for sharing things that you might normally share on Twitter and Facebook. But the communities are definitely a, a great place to, to go and look. Um, they, they can be a little Google-centric, some of them. But like you said, you've got your Seesaw um, community on there and there's all kinds of other communities. I I think I told you yesterday that I did start a community once. Yes, that's yes, right. We had this conversation. I was didn't told we? you I was gonna look it up. Well tell us about your because the listeners haven't heard it. I've heard this story, so tell me about the community that you started. Yeah. Community so one. I, it was it was a couple of years ago. I was experimenting with communities when they first came out and I was going through a phase where I, I was really interested in how to use mobile devices for taking photos and videos and activities for the classroom. So I put together an iPadography Google Plus community. So clever. Do you think so? Yes. The term iPhoneography was around at the time. And <laughs> so I just kind of flipped it and thought there's lots of schools with iPads. So sure. let's do iPadography. And uh, yeah, so it's still out there. I mean, yep. and there's. I don't know how many people are in there, a couple of hundred people maybe, but wow. it's not as active as it once was, mainly because I, as the person who started it up, has stopped sharing stuff to it because I just fell out of my workflow somewhere. Did you ever, did you feel like people, other people within the community were posting things or were they just looking to see what you had found? A little bit of both. Yeah. Other people were sharing extra stuff too. Yeah. Um, with some of these communities, you have to be careful because you end up, so if you leave it open, uh, vendors and people get yeah. in there and they post links to their own products and yeah, things. But, right. you know, that's part of the community. Do you get to delete that stuff then? You can delete that stuff. Yeah. You can moderate it and, yeah. you know, take that stuff out later. Or a lot of communities will have like a set of uh, rules or yeah. etiquette for being a part of this community, share stuff that's going to be helpful for other people and, and so forth. So it's gathering digital dust right now, but uh, maybe I'll get back in there and resurrect it if yeah. there's a demand that you'll be surprised to know this but i also joined the awesome table google community i am surprised to hear that yeah, right so um i was working on this awesome table and had to do something with um a date which gets really tricky because the date changes yeah. every day right okay. so um stacy was nice to ask chad kafka about it and chad gave me a formula to use um but it didn't work chad kafka so i actually posted in the google community and somebody sent me this formula 
worked like a dream. It was awesome. And Perfect. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's one of the advantages of Google Plus communities over Twitter. You, you can't send somebody a formula in a tweet because you're limited to those 140 characters right. and stuff like that. So you can have more in-depth conversations on places like Google yeah. Plus. Or the next one on our list, which is Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. Because um, you can connect with individuals or with brands and things on Facebook. But uh, I, I think we're both in agreement here that the Facebook groups are uh, an interesting place yeah. for teachers to go and hang out and uh, see some stuff and learn some things. So yeah. what group are you part of? I'm um, part of the Breakout EDU group. And I think we've talked about Breakout EDU, but just quick reminder that um, Breakout EDU is kind of this new movement of creating puzzles and games for your students to play in the classroom um, using like different clues and puzzles and locks and um, look it up if you're interested. Uh, but they have a great Facebook page. It's super, super, super busy. So I get notifications all the time. It's always in my feed. But um, what I think is great about it is the teachers are always sharing their different ways that they came up with clues um, or ways to share clues. Really creative, like Snotes. When I shared Snotes like forever ago, that was from the Breakout EDU group. Yeah. Um, just like the fake Facebook web page and where you can make that kind of stuff, like not things that you would normally maybe think of, but someone shared that idea and you think, oh, I could use this. This is great. Sure. Um, so that's definitely one that um, I would look into if you're interested in Breakout EDU. Yeah, um, I'm a part of a couple of groups too. Uh, I am a Microsoft Innovative Educator Expert. And uh, it's quite a mouthful, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it sure is. It's a long one. Yeah. yeah so um, it's just one of those uh, groups I've, I've become a part of, um, become qualified to be a part of, because this, this right. is an invite-only group. Yes, yes, that's a big deal. Restricted Red access. Red carpet. Well, I think so. Yeah. Velvet rope. Uh, sure. Yes. All of that good stuff. All of those good things. Um, so groups can be open, like the Breakout EDU one, or they can be closed, like the MIE Export one. Yeah. Uh, I'm also, I've, I, I said this yesterday, I don't know if this is the right term. I'm technically a Padlet ambassador. Right. Um, so. You'd never know it. You, you don't ever, like, flaunt that at all. Mindy, come on. Because, I mean, you think about how much I talk about Seesaw. Yeah, but I'm a big fan of Padlet. It's something that... You're going to... No, they're going to, like, demote you. (laughs) I don't know. I show Padlet a lot in the PDs I do. Yeah, Um, me too. I use it all the time. I love it. It's great for collaborative work. Um, So maybe I should talk about it more in the podcast. eh? Is that what you're suggesting? I just think Padlet's an amazing tool. Definitely. I love it. Yeah. I wish people... I saw people using it more. Agreed. Yeah. Maybe Um, I should be the Padlet ambassador. (laughs) Padlet, send me a t-shirt. Mindy, you could be a self-proclaimed Padlet ambassador. I could. And you know the road that that leads to. I know the road that leads to, yes. Mm -hmm. I really want a Padlet t-shirt, though. I know some people. Maybe I could hook you up. Oh, that's right. You're an ambassador. Yeah. Mm. Part of that closed private group. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. So what else? Ed Camps? Ed Camps. Yes. Yeah. So they just announced the... Ooh, I'm going to look this up while you're talking later, but um, they just released the date for the Ed Camp Iowa in February. I saw it today. What is an Ed Camp for someone like me? I mean, I know what Ed Camps are, but I have not been to an Ed Camp before. So what kind of experience do people expect? Or, Um, So what an Ed Camp is, it's 
um, very different from iTech where you would come to iTech and there are presenters that have a certain time that they're speaking. They have resources all prepared. They plan to speak for 50 minutes. Um, so what an EdCamp is, is it's not organized, really. Um, they call it an unconference. And so you go and all of the topics that will be discussed that day are, um, I don't know, the schedule's made right there at the beginning of the day. And people kind of toss out some different ideas of things that they'd like to talk about. And uh, they put that schedule together. And then you either go to that session if you have something to share or if you have something that you'd like to learn. And it just is more about the discussion and the sharing than it is about just one person kind of monopolizing that hour. So it's less of a presentation type thing? Right. More no presentations allowed. No presentations allowed. Technically, okay. right. So don't, don't bring your PowerPoints and your Google Slides. Don't bring your PowerPoints or people will throw things at you. I don't know. Yeah. Well, one of the things I hear a lot about EdCamps is it's, it's, a, it's a vote with your feet type of deal where you are actively encouraged not just suggested, you're actively encouraged that if you do not like the session you're in, get up, walk out, go find a different one. Yeah. Yeah. I love that rule. Yeah. I live by that rule no matter what. <laughs> no matter where you are? <laughs> no matter where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. So I looked it up quick while you were talking. February 25th, 2017, be looking for Ed Camp Iowa. And in the past, they've done like five different locations throughout Iowa. Um, I'm not sure if that will be the case this year, but definitely keep a lookout for an Ed Camp coming near you February 25th. Okay, Ed Camp's a great way to be connected as an educator. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll qualify my earlier statement saying I've never been to one. It's not that I yeah. never want to go to yeah. one. It's just that they always fall on Saturdays, usually, they do. it seems. That's right, yeah. And uh, I try and keep weekends as times I can spend time with my own kids and my own family, but um, there's got to be a time where I just have to suck it up and, and go learn go. some stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think it so. It is fun. It's, I, um, even the one that I went to last year, that Camp Iowa I went to last year was in Cedar Rapids, and it was just fun to, like, be with the people that were just, you know, they were like my neighbors. Yeah. That's And that's neat. I think, you know, coming to iTech, it's very statewide. But with um, a local one like that, you really get to even build closer relationships with the people that are, you know right next door so every time i i go to a place like like itech or i go somewhere away from home with work my son always says why can't we come with you so maybe i'll, I'll we'll go to an itech and i'll take him with me and then he'll realize why he, he can't come. come yeah and then you'll stop asking <laughs> you could bring him he could present with you yeah, but no presentation to egg camps oh i thought you said itech i did say itech oh. yeah but whenever i go away for work he always says yes. oh can i come, come and i say too. no it's not really for kids you won't yeah. enjoy it it won't be fun and they always ask anyway so yeah i'll just take him to an egg camp and then he'll realize that <laughs> it's really not for kids so yeah, okay. <laughs> he's not only, that interesting for me he's only five he's so. just little yet yeah yeah he'll get there well and of course last but not least podcasts right yes podcasts yeah. i think they're a great way to connect and I mean, I would just say this, this is, I think since we've been podcasting, just like you and I have made yep. more connections with other yep. people, with like other podcasters right. and people that we've connected with through the show, um, right. regular listeners. And me through you, right? So you through the show, guilty by association. Yeah. Me through, through you. the through, through the show. Through the I show, think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, through I the think show. So. Sure. I mean, yeah. I've met other podcasters and you have too, just because yeah. we've been podcasting, I think. Yeah. And we've uh, connected with more on Twitter and other places just because of this show. So yeah. um, it's good for us, but it's also good for people who are listening because, yeah. um, you know, we are happy to connect with 
all of our listeners and uh, it's a great way to get that personalized on-demand anytime anywhere learning yeah go podcasts go podcasts <laughs> i like it um i mean i people obviously listen to this if you're listening to this podcast then you like listening to podcasts but other podcasts that people could uh listen to mindy mm. educational related podcasts yeah, right you mentioned a couple earlier today we've got the dads and ed podcast yeah dads and ed um teach thought the wired educator Yes. Um, what else? Oh, we listen to Check This Out with Ryan and Brian. We do listen to Check This Out with Ryan and Brian. It's a nice little show. There's a new one I've started listening to called uh, Teachers Talking Tech. Yeah. Is that one you've come across or not? No. Uh, Beth Swance recommended that one to me, and uh, I'm enjoying that one, actually. Yeah. It's really well produced, and uh, they have some great conversations on there. It's similar to this kind of podcast show that yeah. we have yeah so. i'd like to listen to that i'll have to add that to my list uh, another one i listen to sometimes called the house of ed tech the house of ed tech i know i love the name of chris that. nessie does the house of ed tech who chris nessie oh and when you when you search for the ed tech takeout in itunes or somewhere you usually see the house of ed tech as well because oh. of the ed tech keyword okay on there but yeah. um yeah, it'd be good for both our shows, probably. Ooh. They probably both appear in search results. Yeah, so. right. Huh. Yeah, House right. of Ed Tech. It's a yeah, good I'm one. Yeah, I looked that one up, too. Been around for a couple of years. All right. Up next is Tech Nuggets. Yes, Tech Nuggets. Is tech it nuggets. you or me to go first? Um, You go. Okay, my first one is, and I made a brief reference to this earlier, the Google Apps for Education suite is now the G Suite for Education. Um, how do you feel about that, Mindy? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Whatever. It's gonna, just, just keep putting out good stuff, Google, and we'll just do what you want us to. We'll call it what you want us to call it. Yeah, it'll take a bit of getting used to that one, but uh, it is what it is. Um, one of the things they brought out recently, talking of those new features, was um, the Explore function which works in Slides, Sheets, and Docs. Yep. And um, I like the one in Google Slides. Um, you know, they all do different things, really. Yep. But the one in Google Slides, if you click the Explore button, it will give you some design formatting options for your slide. Yes. So if you've just got, like, one picture on a slide and a heading, it will show you different layouts where yep. it can put it over on one side or add some text over it or put a nice banner on it. And it looks like you spent, I don't Hours. know, an well, hour in Canva or yeah. something, putting yeah. a really putting awesome together. design together. Yeah. But um, just a short, quick, easy tip. It's a little plus sign down in the bottom right-hand corner. Uh, click it. Yeah. doesn't work give on every check. slide, but it'll give you some yeah. decent layouts and ideas. But Explore also replaced the research tool in Docs. It did, regrettably, because yeah. it's not as good. It's not as good. Yeah. I did see that um, Alice Keeler put together a form. Did you see that? No. To fill out if you wanted to see the research tool come back. Oh, like a petition? Uh-huh. So ah. take a look at that. I'll see if I can find it. I saw it on Twitter, but I didn't... I don't know if I'll... I'll just go to her and find it somehow, but um, we'll share that. So if you want it back, the you can still do some of the same things you could in the research tool, but you can't cite things anymore. Yeah, and I'm sure all kinds, of, all kinds of people must use that research tool, but I bet educators and students yes, are like the primary yep. audience for that tool. So yep. please bring it back, Google. Yeah. Yeah. I showed it on a Friday, and then on Monday it was gone. I'm like, no, that poor school that I shared it with. They were super excited about it. They thought it was the best thing ever, and yes. then, yeah. And then, yeah. 
All right, so um, my tool actually comes from a blog post from Richard Byrne, and it's called Wiser. And um, it labels itself kind of as a digital worksheet. I hate worksheets, so I refuse to um, categorize it as a digital worksheet, but it allows you to create and share interactive writing and drawing assignments. So teachers create questions or... Um, you know, something that needs a response from their students, and then it gives it a link, and then um, you share that link with your students, so through Google Classroom, through Seesaw, anything that, you know, can take a link. Um, you can share it with your students that way, and then it gives them all different kinds of ways to respond to the question. So they can draw, they can add images, um, all kinds of different things. So it's kind of a neat little tool, I think, um, to kind of let students choose how they want to respond and answer a question. Yeah, I like the sound of that one. Yeah. Um, I liked it when you told me yesterday about it on the podcast, and I like it today <laughs> when you tell me about it. Do you it like it even podcast. better the second time? I think second time it's sinking in, and the, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. really promising. Did I mention it's free? You did not mention it's free. It's free. That is always a great thing to Yeah, it's to a mention. good one. I like it. So check that one out. Thank you, Richard Byrne. Okay, I'll do another very short one because I know we're a little tight for time here. Um, I'm going to talk about the Canva Design School, which is part of the web-based tool that you're probably familiar with called Canva at canva.com. It's that graphic design tool that is very quick and easy to make some amazing things with. And we've talked about it before, but buried a little bit deeper in their site, you will find teaching materials for Canva. And it has lesson plans from people like John Spencer and Monica Burns and Paul Hamilton and Steven Anderson and great people like that. They've got lesson plans for your students to learn how to design great products and great things with Canva. So it's all about visual design and graphic design and doing things. I know. And so you showed this yesterday. I didn't even know it existed. And this is I love it. This is free too. I mean, yeah. it's great to have that built into Canva. If you're just thinking, I'd like to give my kids a little project, something to do infographics yeah. or there's presidential report cards here, how to do food chains, uh, make posters, all kinds of great stuff. Yeah. So um, my last tech nugget actually is Tour Builder. And Tour Builder is actually a Google, I don't know, I guess you can't call it a tool, right? And it's not an app, so... It's tourbuilder.withgoogle.com, I think. Yeah. I'll just, link it in the show notes. Let's just call it Tour Builder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's in beta right now, so I can't guarantee that it's going to stick around forever. Um, but what's neat about it is that you can create um, maps that you have your students follow, kind of like a tour. And with each pin that you drop in the map, you can add media to that pin drop. So you can add YouTube videos. You can add images. You can do hyper... Um, links in the descriptions and things like that. So I put one together for my son's class who's um, touring the United States right now. And for each state, I linked it to a different monument in the state and then added pictures and stuff so the kids could follow from place to place. So um, not just for teachers. I mean, you can have your students put those together too and put together a tour maybe of a book that they've read or something like that. So I thought it was super user-friendly and I really liked it a lot. Great. So it's tourbuilder.withgoogle.com. Yeah. Right. All right. I like the sound of that one. Okay. Okay. So that's about it, Mindy. It yep. brings us to the end of our podcast. Have you enjoyed your high-tech experience? 
I have. It's been fun. It has been fun. Been super busy. There's been some firsts <laughs> and some unusual yeah. things, but uh, yeah, it's been, it's good. been good. Yeah. Um, so if you enjoy the podcast very much, um, appreciate any reviews on iTunes that you are willing to give us. That helps us get found by other people. We you can definitely reach out to us on Twitter. I am at Jonathan Wiley and Mindy is at Team Kearney. Our team account is at DLGWAEA. Uh, you can email us, podcast at GWAEA.org. And if you are playing the Goose Chase game at iTech, I am all out of selfies. Oh, for the love of Pete, let it go. Let it go. Just let it go? I'm not... Okay. This has been the iTech Takeout. We hope it hit the spot. For more information on today's episode, please visit dlgwaea.org slash podcast.